Welcome to the Gary New South Wales podcast show, where we explore and discuss relevant issues in the early childhood sector. For more information, visit www.garynsw.com.au. Welcome everyone. I'm your host, Antonia Mayolo, and today I'm talking to Gary New South Wales Inclusion Resource Manager, Michelle Hamilton, about embedding Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voices into early learning centres. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Antonia. As we know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture and history are fundamental to our national identity. And as the unique experiences of these communities become more widely understood and accepted, educators will be encouraged to promote Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander perspectives in various aspects of day-to-day activities and curriculum. Michelle, can you begin by explaining what it means to be culturally aware? So Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures are a part of Australia's history, um, not just for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, but for all Australians. I think by becoming more aware, people can have a better understanding of what Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have been through. And with that, be able to build better relationships going forward. Why is it so important for children, educators and their families to enhance their understanding and awareness of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures? I think our cultures uh, have something very valuable to bring to children's education and early childhood services. We as early childhood educators are in prime position to begin that education with children at an early age and be truthful about it. I think children, you know, are open to these having these conversations and there are educators out there that in most cases will have some fear about some of these subjects, you know, being very sensitive. But I think, like I said, we're in a prime position to bring that conversation forward and in my opinion it should be something embedded in all schools from early childhood right to right through to adulthood. So it's a great place to start that conversation. Historically, what gaps do you believe have existed within the education space when it comes to becoming culturally competent? I think more within the education system, it's been very ad hoc. Like there's been times when cultural inclusive practices have been embedded in schools and then other cases where it hasn't. And everybody's education is quite different. So from quite minimal exposure to uh, Australian history and then on, you know, to the other end of the scale where it can be quite informed. So that's just the inconsistency of the information being shared and how much of that is being shared across our education systems. And that's across all states and territories. Everything is so different across the whole of the country. And, you know, again, from early childhood right through to adult education. I know when I speak to people in my workshops, there's a really varying degree of knowledge depending on where they grew up and sort of what decade they grew up in because of the school curriculums that they were delivering at the time. So it varies and like I said, it's so inconsistent across the across the country, which is unfortunate and you know, I think that that's something that one needs to be having these discussions in all areas of education. And what steps can early learning educators take to include Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander perspectives in meaningful ways in their centres? I think the first step is really just to research your own communities and it's about building real relationships. It's 
the start of a journey, it can be quite a long journey and I think people have to prepare themselves for that. It's not something that just will happen overnight and that you will put into the service program and then not have it there on an ongoing basis. I mean, I guess that's where, you know, that thought about people being tokenistic comes into play a lot of the time. So I think it's about doing local research. I think it's about talking to local people. I think it's about not being fearful of making mistakes because people often won't do anything because they are worried about doing the wrong thing. I think we will learn from those mistakes and most Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are quite open to talking about how they can support services in their inclusive practices. But I think it's about being motivated and you know understanding that it's a longer journey than we probably first anticipate. And where can our listeners find out more information on this topic? Well, I will be running a workshop on Indigenous voices in Mudgee this coming September, which you can find out more information through our professional learning calendar here at Gowrie. These workshops will also be upon request. So we can either do in-services with individual services or Gowrie will continue to run full-day workshops as well. And as a part of our new role here at Inclusion Resources, we have information available on our on the IA website, the Inclusion Agency website, as well as the IPSU website, um, which we're running until December of 2016, where there's heaps of resources to be accessed there um, before we close that that website down. Fantastic, Michelle. Thank Michelle, you so much for your so time today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the latest Gary New South Wales podcast. If you have a topic you would like us to discuss, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Gowrie NSW.